So you wanna know how to choose the correct load before you go back to the gym. Get this right and you are going to see phenomenal success. Get it wrong and you're gonna be seeing a physio. And that's why we've got Phil here for Physio Friday. We're gonna talk to you about getting it right. Welcome to Physio Friday. Uh, my name is Yanni Bormeister. Of course, I'm graced with the presence of my brother Rad and Phil White, aka Switched On Physio. We are Richie behind the production desk. Together, we are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. Now, guys, we turn driven people into superhumans, and you can find out exactly how we do that by downloading one or all of our blueprints. They're all available in the description of this video if you're watching the replay on YouTube. Or if you are listening to the podcast, you can also pick them up at www.unitygym.com. What's up, fellas? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Just, so, you know. I can't wait to watch this video again in like 10 years and see if you're really ahead of your times with your fashion right now with the, the orange glasses <laughs> or if it'll look back. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure, just, pretty sure Bono, <laughs> be Bono yeah. set the fashion. Yeah. <laughs> I can't so. believe, watching watching The Last Dance, I can't believe that 90, late 90s fashion yeah. looks so old now. Huge suits. Like, yeah, it, man. Because I was yeah. like, I mean, the 90s for me was being a teenager and I remember being cool in the 90s, yeah. you know. And looking at the fashion you now, were, you were never cool. Shut you up. were never cool. It feels it was like I was looking at the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, and that was late 90s. That was like up in 98. All know? I have to do is flick back through my high school um, formal photos. Yeah. And I was yeah. literally wearing one of my dad's suits and yeah. it was like draping off yeah, me, yeah, grey yeah. silk. You know, like yeah. just that's hilarious. what all those NBA look, players look like. They look like they're wearing their dad's suits, except yeah, they're, like yeah, they're yeah. seven foot tall. Yeah, it's just right. like <laughs> so funny, isn't anyway, it? That's so right. Funny. Well, it's great to digress. kick a show off, <laughs> totally digressing out into the reeds about something oh, unrelated. Quick shout out to everyone who's watching on the live stream. Let us know who you are, where you're from, and what. Um, why don't we play a little game? Tell us why you want to get strong, flexible, and fit. I'd love to know. Good morning, Jada Goodwin. She's on, uh, guys. We're going to be talking about uh, what will happen to people if they go back to the gym and try to pick up where they left off. Uh, I wanted to talk, I want to beat this drum loud and I think it's a great opportunity to go deep into this, deeper into this uh, with Phil here because he is the guy that you'll end up having to knock on the door of. And quite frankly, we don't want any business going to Phil. We we want to we want to keep it in the gym, you know. <laughs> that might be the internet door for online consultations as well, just to get it out there. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So, and we we have. If you've been following us for a while, we have uh, spoken about this concept a lot. It's one of the the most common concepts that we talk about here on the podcast, which is load management, and uh, it's very very. Uh, important for me right now because I have messed it up big time and I tried to pick up when, when I tried to pick up my two kids and my fiance and carry them all uh, through my house a couple of weeks ago when I hadn't really lifted for a while and I've done something devastating to my right arm and uh, th that's a great example of piss poor load management, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that kind of concept of an abusive load, something outside your normal that is generally a thing that you know, ends up causing grief so if you'd been in the gym and you'd been kind of used to doing pulls and carries and all these things and you, your body's a bit more adapt to it but because you've been in a yeah so so yeah. before we let um before we let phil just go to town on this topic because i know how much he likes to talk about it rad why don't you frame build some context around what has happened to people 
even if they have trained in the UMS at home workout. So you've, you know, you keep, let, let's, let's build a, um, let's build a narrative here. We hit, we hit the gym, we hit the gym hard in January. If you like all of us here, uh, you started training, you got some great momentum. Things were going really well. You were seeing progress. If you're in the UMS uh, online coaching or the gym, you're tracking your progress on your program cards. You're seeing really, really good um, momentum. Uh, and then COVID happens and the gyms get shut down and you get forced to train at home with no barbells, no kettlebells, no dumbbells. Just one oiled up rad. Just yeah. in front of you. Yeah, in front of you. That's right, literally. And, <laughs> and, and, and so we're, we're going to build context around those who followed along in the at-home workouts and those who did nothing at all. What's happened to the body over the last couple of months? Well, you've become detrained. You've become, um, even if you've been doing the at-home workouts, you've become deconditioned to weightlifting and deconditioned to external load. So it puts a completely different stimulus on the body when you're doing body weight training. Um, and the, you know, the pulling patterns that we've been doing, there was, a, there was something that was, that was good, which was that we were using a towel and it put a little bit more demand on the grip but the load that goes through all of the other joints is nothing compared to what we're doing when we're doing weightlifting, you know. Um, Phil can talk about that a little bit more. Um, and then for the lower body, it's, it's like totally different. It just couldn't, couldn't even be more different, you know. Doing body weight, lower body training is inferior to weightlifting um, by a long shot. Um, and yeah, if you want to if you want to get back into the gym, well, you should, if you're watching this, I'm really hoping you want to get back into the gym because you're obviously somebody that cares about this kind of thing, then load management is critical. And if you don't really listen to what we're saying here, if you're listening to this and going, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, I've heard this before, you, you're likely going to hurt yourself. You're likely going to develop, and it's not going to be, it's probably not going to be an acute injury where you'll go, ah, and you'll rest it for three or four days and then you'll be better. It's probably going to be something that's going to develop over the next couple of weeks or months, and it'll be bad. It'll be like a tendinopathy. It's a great, it's a great environment. It's like the perfect storm for tendinopathy, isn't it? Yep. So, so now let's, um, let's, throw it, let's throw the ball over the table to Phil. You've got uh, Mar March 20th, you hit your goal of a 100 kilo back squat for eight reps. Everything's tracking well. What happens if you go to the gym this week and attempt 190 kilos again? I think it's really important to think about what gets you to the point where you can do something like a 100 kilo um, uh, back squat for, for eight reps. So it's just important to understand the way that the body adapts because then that gives us a clue about how it deconditions and then how we need to readapt it. So if you're doing um, 100 kilos, uh, if you're you know a pretty like average size and weight, either guy or girl, like that takes a lot of um, strength development in your legs where you need to be training the um, type one uh, sorry type two muscle fibers. So they're the explosive um, you know real short um, use so we're using glycolytic system so there's either aerobic system or glycolytic system we've got to use those those muscle fibers that are there to um, not work efficiently but they're there to work hard so if you're doing eight reps and you're maxing out there that's your eight rm um, then yeah you, you're in that kind of um, you're only pushing it for you know less than a minute you're going to be using those muscle fibers and they're going to adapt and they're going to help you get to those kind of PBs in that sort of less than, you know, 12 to 15 sort of rep range. Now, when you go, uh, was that March 20th? So now we're at home and we're watching Rat at home and we're doing these workouts where you're getting a sweat up because there's not much <coughs> rest period. You're, you're doing lots and lots of reps. We're 
change, we're tweaking the variables in the training to get a good workout, but you're now using um, muscle fibers that are more that sort of aerobic endurance style um, fibers that uh, you know can last for a long time, but they're not going to hit those same sort of peak um, force output. So now you come back to the gym and you think, oh yeah, you know, I've been like training hard, the leg sessions are killing me, like I feel like I've got these really strong legs, but that's enough time over the three months for um, this uh, expression of which muscle fibers are um, utilized and which energy systems are really efficient that now you've kind of gone so far on the endurance side of things that if you come back and you just try and do, you know, a 5RM, an 8RM, uh, that's going to be a real change. And it's going to feel weird because you're like, hey, I got really like out of breath. I was get, feeling gassed. I was feeling like my legs are sore. But when you come in and you try a, you know, a 5RM, a max lift. you'll yeah. feel totally wiped out because of this sort of energy system um, change. Yep. Yeah. That's it. I so, really. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so, um, from a like, uh, from an ego, and I want to go a bit deeper in a sec. But from an ego standpoint, we're not really wired very well for this. I can say straight up uh, that um, I struggle with this concept. You know, I come back and I think, okay, what's the quickest possible time I can? Yeah. Uh, get back to the numbers I was pushing before. So, and, and you know, for optimal strength development, then you're going to, you know, look for sort of five reps or less. And so you go, oh yeah, I'll go from, you know, doing this sort of at home endurance stuff to straight to like strength. Five RM. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But right. what we've got to try and think about is transitioning from the endurance towards that sort of strength development and doing that over time to kind of give that kind of transition period because what the body really struggles with is huge amounts of change. Yeah, that's exactly right. So so RAD is way, way more positively programmed to handle a situation like this than myself. What's your strategy? What do you do? You've been away from the gym from heavy lifting for quite some time. You, your first workout, what does it look like? First week of training, what does it look like? Well, we start with the end in mind. That's the most important thing. People are too focused on, you know, it's funny because we read all these books and these spiritual books about being in the now, and I agree with that. But in a case like this, you need to start with the end in mind and you need to say, what's your plan? What, what do I want? And, you know, in this scenario, I think, uh, you know, starting with the end in mind is first you think long term, what, you know, realign your goals. Why am I training in the first place? What, am I, what, what are my goals? What do I want to be able to do? Why do, why do I go to the gym? Um, and that's going to be different for everyone. Um, for me, I have much higher standards and much higher goals for myself than the average person. So remind yourself of that. And then when you remind yourself of that, then think of a 12-month goal where you think, okay, where do I want to be in 12 just, months? Just to pause you on that, like, I think it's relative, yeah? Like, it's your, you know, you're wanting to do these amazing superhuman feats, but from your starting point, like, there might be some people who are really deconditioned and, you know, they want to hit a, um, you know, a... a one R like be able to do one push up and that might be their sort of Everest and so I think when you, you put just to not discount other people's goals as you know no for sure as as no not at all I'm just saying my, I'm saying my <laughs> goals are, are way bigger than what most people's are so you need to be clear on what your goals are like if if your goals are just to be able to do one pull up and and five yeah. push ups and 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 touch your toes awesome that, yeah. but that's what I'm saying I'm just saying remind yourself of what it is that you're trying to achieve and then you think of what what would that look like in 12 months what would it look like in 6 months and then what would it look like in 3 months and i think from there you think of okay 3 months i think 3 months in my opinion like yeah, to answer your question yani what does the first workout look like well i'd think of after i've gone through that process you know in 3 months i think i can probably get myself back on track with where i was before this whole thing happened and then I would, so if, let's say, use that 100 kilo squat for eight reps. 
if I was doing a 100 kilo squat for eight reps when the COVID-19 thing finished and I would think, okay, I want to be able to get to 100 kilos in three months again, I would probably in my first workout start at 50 kilos. And if that's what I was doing before COVID, so this is somebody that could do a 100 kilo squat and I would start at 50 kilos and do eight reps. And if it felt that easy, then I would put another five kilos on on the next set and then another five kilos. But I still in that whole workout, I wouldn't go above 70% of what my max effort was, even if it felt really, really easy because you haven't felt the DOMS yet. Yeah. That's what it would look like to me. And then each week I would look at adding a little bit and it might take less than 12 weeks to get there. It, it quite likely will. Yeah. But this, you asked me, my mentality, and you guys are always saying that I'm good <coughs> at this stuff. This is how my mind works. So that, because what I've found is the biggest problem is that if you set a goal that is too short to achieve, you end up pushing it. regardless of how your body feels you think well I told myself in a month that I was going to do this and it's been two weeks I need to work harder and for me that's where the injuries happen so when I start to set a goal where I think you know what it might take less but I'm going to give myself 12 weeks then in six weeks if I'm blitzing it I'm like well great I feel good I've you know I've achieved my goal in less time but if I say I'm going to be back where I was in four weeks and I'm not back there in two weeks that's a problem yeah I was actually, for the very first time in my life, approaching this in a really good way. And to give you guys some context, when the gym closed down, and and it's kind of relevant because I actually had a four-week spill from the gym where I did nothing at all because of a few injuries that I sustained with my eye and uh, an illness. And um, before I stopped training, I was doing five reps at 160 kilo on the back squat. And that was a... a, a, um, a time frame PB for me. I hadn't done that for a long time. And when I came back the other day and did my first squat session, I didn't go above 80 kilos. I just took it really easy. And today I'll do some more front squats and I might go to 90 kilos. Uh, and my deadlifts were the same. I was doing three reps at 100 and uh, 200 and something 210 or something kilos before. And I will only deadlift my first deadlift session. I didn't go above 120 which is almost 50%. And um, my today I'll go to 140, you know, and, and doing much less volume um, at the same time. So it's... it's so that's it, definitely in alignment with what I was saying. Absolutely, you know, yeah, absolutely. Starting 50% and then just... Now, the other up. bit that I want to ask Phil... Sorry, sorry, I've, I've oh, cut you right. off. Um, the other bit that I wanted to ask <coughs> Phil, which I think is really important, is how the different muscle systems will go with this reintroduction of maximal load um, because we like to talk we, we like to f- um, talk about how the outer unit um, uh, systems the global systems work with the passive structures and how you know there is these elements that people don't often think about like how the um, the rotator cuff works with the the pecs and the and the lats and all of that to prevent glide in the shoulder and the same sort of things happening in the hip joint and the same sort of things happening in the knee joint so when you go from um, doing high rep stuff with less weight is there less uh, risk of sort of those systems, um, uh, uh, n- you know, not doing their job as well as when you load up really heavy weights? Um, yeah, I think it's it kind of comes down to, um, you know, what just to get some clarification about those terms before we yep. go into it. So when he's saying kind of global um, unit, like global muscles versus uh, it, that's kind of your big pick, like big muscles that are generally doing 
um, you know, your, your movement, your, your power, whereas you've got your inner unit muscles, which are generally known as kind of like your stabilizing muscles. But I think it's just really um, key to understand that, you know, the systems really work together where, um, you know, sometimes your, um, you know, your bigger muscles will be doing stabilizing and, and at the same time, like some of your smaller muscles sometimes are doing the moving. So it's tempting to kind of just look at, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. really, like it's a bit of a false dichotomy where, you know, these things really do work together. And um, so when you are doing, say, for example, um, with the uh, at-home workouts, the um, sort of pike push-ups where you're going and trying to get that vertical push, um, whenever you're weight-bearing, in those sort of positions, like weight bearing through your shoulder like that, your rotator cuff there is working super hard to, um, yeah. you know, do the stability there. So just because you're not doing, um, you know, external rotations with a, a band or a cable machine doesn't mean that these rotator cuff muscles aren't working. The, these systems all do to get get developed well. And if you're doing um, the right sort of mix of uh, horizontal push pull, vertical push pull, um, and straight arm strength as you do in the UMS, then these muscles will be like all your inner unit muscles will be uh, working and and you know should be firing. Um, the challenge, I guess, where um, when it comes to coming back to the gym for some people, at home workouts, um, you know, doing say five push-ups, that would be like the equivalent of you doing um, you know 120 kilo bench press for for five reps, and so it does become a bit relative. Where um, generally the uh, people who are a bit more like their training age and their um, training intensity in a gym is is higher you're gonna um, be relatively more deconditioned than someone who's you know fairly new to the whole training game and you know has really been kicking sort of strength goals um, yeah so sorry to, sorry to, to uh, um, end your point but the one thing I think we need to also address is that there is we had on those at-home workouts maybe 50 people join in on a day and maybe a, another 50 or a, a few handfuls do them after the fact there's uh there's over 1500 people in this group and I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands if not millions of people who did nothing during the lockdown over two grand in this group um yeah. okay um, so we're we're sort of talking to a, a very small um, uh, group of people who we assume did a really well balanced, I believe as good as you could possibly do without equipment workout at home. What about the rest of the people who haven't done anything and maybe just went, okay, I have to do something, so I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go to the ocean and swim if I could. I know some of my clients uh, did that. Um, what about those people who now are feeling like I have to get in and do something, which rightly so, you should, uh, and, and ha have joined the gym maybe even for the first time ever, because I know we've got a few comments of people doing that here. Um, what do we say to those people? You know, because I think that's what that's one of the most um, important things. We we talk a lot. We beat this drum of building a really solid foundation and training the body well, balancing things that you may have had pre-existing issues. Um, this you know, working unilaterally so that you can actually identify uh, structural imbalances in the body that you. Yeah, well, I think have. Jada Gooden Crosby said it really well here, saying that I'm doing the foundation start um, program, starting very lightweights. It's been a while since I lifted weights, so I'm just trying to learn the moves. I think that is the perfect approach. Basically, yeah. uh, yes. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. We say that to people all the time. People people come into the foundations program and they ask about you know how much weight should they be lifting and how much this and how much that. And there's a lot to learn. And what I always say to people, and this is in the gym and in the UMS online 
is your your number one goal at the start is to learn. It's yeah. not to get a crazy workout. Your goal shouldn't be to come out of the sessions going, man, I've got a really good pump in my body today, which is, is, is quite counterintuitive for a lot of people because that's what the stigma around what a good workout is, like that you should be sweating and like going <sighs> like this. And when when you're in that position, it's just about learning. It's about how do you do a good horizontal push how does how should the scapula be set you know how do you do a good hamstring stretch and so on and so forth yeah it's exa- i had a one of my clients coming in and we um basically just did a recap of the big lifts because he's been out of the gym for so long that um you know it was just like relearning kind of squat and deadlift form so that mm-hmm. when he comes back he's loading up really well and um the way i kind of taught him was was you know in we're aiming for sort of like a 12, um, you know, maybe a 10 to 12 RM sort of yep. weight, but we're only doing it for six reps because yep. I want I want them just to do two at a time, have a, like a very brief pause, recap, go again and yep. go again. So it's kind of getting that like loading to a point where, you know, it's it's enough stimulus just to, um, you know, get things sort of moving, but it, it also mentally, it's so challenging coming back into the gym and remembering, you know, all the diff- correct ways to sort of approach training with barbells, with dumbbells, with kettlebells. Um, you know, if you haven't been doing it for three months, it, there's a lot of technique there. And I think um, that approach of um, yeah, changing those variables and, and, and relatively unloading um, is yeah, a great way to go. So three months is one thing. What about seven years? There's a comment here uh, from Missy Solace. Hello, Missy, in the UMS Movement Mastermind. So really interested in the foundations program, but I'm so scared to touch weights again. I've been in and out of the injury cycle for seven years now, and this last one was frozen shoulder, tennis and golfer's elbow, among other muscular issues, and all on the left side. Is this the best program or is there something available that is body weight? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Now, the first thing I'll say to you, Missy, is that the uh, foundations program is far superior to a body weight training program at your stage because dumbbells can be manipulated much easier than body weight. You know, you can pick up a a lighter set of dumbbells far easier than you can control your own body weight. Uh, Body weight requires a lot of discipline and you really need to- And knowledge. And and knowledge and appreciation for leverage and things like that. And you really need to know positioning, like positioning of your shoulders. If you dive into doing push-ups and you don't have the positioning of your scapula right, there's far more, it's, it's far harder to control the weight than it is to lay down on a bench and grab a nice light set of three kilo dumbbells and just really work progressively from there. So that's the first thing I'll say. What will you guys I add to that? I just want to jump in quickly with someone who's had frozen shoulder, who's had um, tennis elbow and um, golfer's elbow. Uh, I'd if you haven't seen a doctor, I'd consider looking at someone to look at your overall health because generally with um, uh, frozen shoulder, it, it kind of can be heavily, in, and the other two can be heavily influenced by uh, stress, metabolic sort of changes and, and potentially some hormonal sort of stuff. So my mum had a hypothyroid uh, condition, which was end up being the, um, the reason that her one of the main reasons that her frozen shoulder kicked off. So um, not to scare you, but you know, like it's just one of those things where it's always really good just to uh, to be able to go back with total confidence into into training. I think it's a really good idea just to make sure you've you know ticked all the boxes and just uh, screened for that. Um, but yeah, with in terms of getting into something like this to um, start off with, yeah, Yanni is 100% spot on. Like body weight calisthenics sort of movements are really hard to um, like incrementally progress. It's hard to manage um, load. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And no. so I think I I just really take on the foundations program um, and work through that. And if it's like just 
don't like there's a lot of content in there there's a lot of movements like if you just need to strip it back a little bit to kind of use those principles of you know maybe if it's a um just take a few of the reps off just to really focus on the form and then as you like build into it but it, it is like the program is built in phases and it, it runs you through it without yeah too much guidance but yeah if you can uh work with someone while you're doing it as well or use this group to post videos ask questions because yeah if you're really new to the gym had seven years off yeah i think plenty of guidance she's is, actually you know, I've, I've read further down yeah. um she's comment she's responded to my comment saying awesome thanks so much i'll keep my eye out for it it has been three and a half years since i've been able to touch weights getting bored with just yoga flexibility and walking preach <laughs> what's that oh yeah I'd, I'd also get bored with yeah that's right and and missy i'll say and i'm sure rad will back me up on this it is so important for you to reintroduce some strength training some resistance training to your regime and i do think that the foundations program will be a really great platform for you to to do that properly you know look, look i want to i want to jump in and say this is exactly why we're doing this flash sale today. If you didn't know that we were doing this, we, we, we've had a lot of people say, we, Yanni asked the question and there was an overwhelming response of people saying, yes, I want you guys to do it. We've never done it before and we're doing it and we never did it before because it is exclusive to our UMS online coaching program. It is the crux of what we do at Unity Gym. But because of this situation coming out of lockdown and people going back to the gyms, we thought, what is the best thing that we can do for people? And this is the best thing. And I know that, you know, um, Phil's advice that is specific for certain people, I 100% go with that. I would never argue with Phil on something like that because he's a, he's a qualified physiotherapist. But for everybody, the general approach, this is the best thing that you can do right now. It really mm -hmm. is. And um, jump on it. It's just take it easy. Do, do take that really that load uh, progressive load management like we spoke about um, treat it as a reset button and watch your body don't, don't, improve don't try to make up for the last three months in two or three weeks yeah. you know like yep. set, set you like what we can all do is re-establish the goals that we kick the year off with and we can certainly achieve them by you know December or November yep. or, or you yep. know like uh, sure. but but take that approach of okay the next at least four to six weeks is going to be like a re a, a, a reconnection with this type of training this style of training we're going to start progressively bringing ourselves back up to the load and it may take six it may, it may take eight weeks like two program phases or whatever to get to the point that you were at before you know yeah um it may take for some people uh, longer you know so just be patient. Yeah. I've just got two points that I really want to make. One is with um, Missy is just when she's saying she's scared to touch weights again. I think that's a really uh, kind of common thing for people who haven't been in a gym before. It can be quite intimidating. And I would just so recommend working with someone, you know, personal training or um, with a physio or like just or even just using this group to its potential because if you like the the weight, weights are the best thing you can do for your body, especially someone like yourself who's got these, um, you know, these, these overuse sort of, um, well, tendinopathy and, and, and frozen shoulder like it's the best thing you could possibly do in long term so i would just hate for you to be uh scared off um you know basically the cure or, like yeah. weights are the cure so just make sure you like i think the foundations program is the best thing you can be doing and then just try and get as much support as you can use this group to kind of help um you know support your way through it and ask questions yeah um the other thing that the point that i really want to make is um i think load like we kind of talk about load management a lot and one of the criticisms that like load management gets in the physio world is basically it's like a, a bit of a 
like it's a bit can feel a bit like all over the place where it's you d- you don't it's not very clear. So I think just one way that I find that helps people understand load management in a way is that a, doing like a even just kind of drawing your training over the last few months have like a little bar graph where it's you know um, one month's kind of increments ac- across and just kind of put your like just you know you got to get a bit uh, experimental here but just sort of draw like your activity levels and and um over that time and think about the goal that as rad said at the beginning like what you want to get to so if it's a you know for me i want to do a muscle up by the end of the year so kind of put that up there and then just sort of draw like what you think the appropriate sort of path should look like from um you know for the last six months draw what you've been doing and then sort of where you need to get to and i think it can just kind of help you get that idea around okay to get to here i really need to be um working my way up and if i've if i'm currently you know if my last of the six months has looked like here then that slope's got to be slower and i think because just sometimes people can be a bit like just unclear about how to sort of get that wrap their head around load management i know i don't know this will be totally not work for some people but i think it will really help some other um people just uh, just to kind of wrap your head around what your training has got to look like. Yep. I know, it's just Brilliant. like the tools he He's fantastic. Well, guys, look, we got to we got to wind this up. So um, we do uh, obviously have a huge announcement to make today, which is that Rad uh, and and Rad um, briefly spoke about that before. For how long? Seventy two hours. Seventy two hours. Seventy two hours. Three days. Yep. Uh, you have the opportunity of a lifetime to grab the foundations program way cheaper than we usually sell it. And, um, uh, yeah, really like start, start well again and build a really great solid foundation, um, in well, your we body. We sell the program normally for 199 US dollars. No, 299. No, we're, we're doing the, the phase one foundations oh, right. program, yeah, 199 yeah. US dollars, but there's a couple of added programs in there as well. So it's 397 US dollars worth of value for 49 US dollars. Wow. It's an amazing deal. Yeah. An amazing opportunity and you'll have it for life. It's not like a limited time access thing. It's it's yours to keep and, and yeah, uh, this is a game changer, guys. It's going to be a game yeah. changer. It's really. that program that you can always come back to if you ever need, feel like yeah. you need to. Yeah, I go, I go back to it still at my level yeah. now you know so it's uh it's so true and um other than that guys just please whatever you do please 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 start with the end in mind be progressive about it you know it's it's the worst thing you can possibly do is stomp your foot on the gas only to hit a red light because you you get tendinopathy you know and, and you have to pull back from the gym and uh and for those of you who are thinking oh you know i don't I'm, i might not grab this program i want it but my gym looks like it might get closed down again you're gonna have it there forever i had a couple of people say that you know uh, it's the timing's not right for me because it looks yeah, like we might not go into lockdown we're not going to be doing this program again yeah yeah uh, this is um, it's a it's a, pill, it's a pride pill swallowing session for me because this is uh quite frankly my life's work and rad and richard have certainly um contributed to the development of this program but this is um uh sort of 20 years in the making this program and it's and i re- reckon it's worth more than way more than 300 dollars us yep, so it's, yep. it's a you know it's not something we do often so my advice pick it up and use it when you can and as phil said you can come back to it whenever you need to have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Thank you very much, Phil, for joining us for another fantastic Physio Friday. I think there was a lot of really good insight in that discussion. Thank you, Rad, for bringing it as you do always. Thanks, Richard, for producing a cracking show. And thank you, everybody who joined us today, uh, and especially the people that interacted on the live stream. Big shout out to those listening on the podcast. Big shout out to those watching on YouTube. We'll see you all next week, Tribe. Take care. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there.
We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you know that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there, it's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.